going to continue in a series here that we started a couple weeks ago called Help Me Believe, which we're trying to tackle some things that might prevent us from fully trusting and believing God and his promises. And so we talked about how if we look at the resurrection, that can really clear a lot of debris in the stumbles in our faith. When we understand that the tomb is still empty, that we know that we can have assurance of God's promises that are going to be fulfilled in our lives and in the generations to come. And we also talked about believing despite our circumstances. When things are hard, maybe uh, we have no control over. And then we looked at last week how we can have faith when we have unanswered prayers. And how we learned really God answers every prayer, either yes, no, or not yet. And how we can still persevere, we still can believe when God says no or not yet. And today we're going to be talking about help me believe that God can still work in our lives. Help us believe that God can still work in our lives. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Father in heaven, pray right now, God, that you will guide our time in your word. I pray, Father, that your spirit will speak to every single soul. God, that we can walk away with not just a shaky belief, but got a firm conviction that you can still work in our midst. And God, that you are working and that we can trust you and therefore we can live by faith. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Stuart, sound like man prompt. Should I just use the mic there or, or what should we do there? Is that okay? I'm all right. Okay, there we go. All right. Let me ask you this. Have you ever doubted that God can work in your life? Raise your hand if you've ever had a doubt at some point in your life that God can work in your life. Okay, I see one person that never doubted. Wow, I appreciate your faith there. Appreciate that, Olivia. There you go. I think most of us would agree that we've had some times in which we doubt it. Let me ask you this. What are some of those reasons that we might doubt that God can or maybe still can work in our lives? Let's go ahead. Let's have some people share. What are some of the reasons that maybe cause some doubt to believe that God can still work in our lives? Yes. Looking at the circumstance. It implies the circumstance is bleak, right? It it doesn't look good. Okay, good. All right. Yes, sir. We haven't received the answer that we wanted in the past. Maybe some time has gone by and we've been praying and we're like, man, okay, I, mm, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if it can still work in my life. Okay, cool. I saw another hand right. Yes. Sometimes we want the instant gratification. I pray for it, give it to me now. It's like a fast food spot. All right, I already paid for it. I gave my prayer or I gave my 10% tithe. Go ahead and give it back to me here, right? We can think like that. Yes. Guilt from our sin. Anybody ever felt that? Right? Maybe my sin has caused God not to work in my life. Yes. Surviving trauma. So there was something really tough in our lives. We're like, well, if he wasn't, if that wasn't protected or if that happened, then maybe God would not provide or work in my life here. I thought I saw another hand over here. Did you have yours? Yes. Not feeling good enough. Okay. And maybe sometimes that comes from when we see or we believe, you know, I believe God can work in others' lives. I just don't know if he's going to work in my life. 
Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't have the right prayer. I don't do the right thing. And so therefore, maybe God will work in my life. Right. And so there are several different reasons. And, and whether we're in that state now or later, we will all need some help to believe. We all need some help to believe that God still can work in our lives and that God can still even work in our church. Because sometimes we can believe, you know, I think he can work. I don't know if he can work in this fellowship that I'm in right now, though. Or we, man, he can work in their family group, but he can't work in my family group. And so we can have these doubts. And so we want to attack this and wrestle and come to the conviction that God can still work in all of our lives and in our church. And so let's go ahead and uh, turn with me over in the Bible to Ezekiel chapter 37. And to uh, help us have some context here, uh, we're going to go ahead and understand. So uh, God had given a promise to Abraham that, Abraham, I'm going to use you to be a blessing to all nations. And then we have the time of Moses in which God raised up Moses to lead his people, right? The Prince of Egypt movie, right? To lead his people out of Egypt into the promised land. They're in the promised land. This guy named uh, uh, David becomes king. These are some of the kind of pivotal points in the uh, history of our faith here. David becomes king. Remember, he, he slayed Goliath. And the kingdom is awesome at this point. But after David, his son Solomon comes into play. And after Solomon, the kingdom divides. And so God's people had one united kingdom, but now it's divided into a northern kingdom, which you could call Samaria, you could call Israel, Ephraim. It, that's the northern kingdom. And then there's the southern kingdom, what you call Judah. And so then this kingdom broke, but then what happened is that the northern kingdom was a hot mess, three-course mess from the jump. And they just kept messing up. In fact, they just veered so far into worshiping idols in which they these created things, the idols of and gods of the surrounding nations. While the southern kingdom, they would have highs and lows. They were a roller coaster. Depending on who the king was, they would either be faithful to God or they would not be faithful to God. And then you get to this point in which God had warned his people time and time again. He used his prophets who would speak his message. Hey, guys, I need for you to repent. I need you to return to me and be faithful. But his people refused to listen as a whole. And so God allowed the Assyrian Empire to conquer the northern kingdom. And that was about 722 B.C. And then at about 587 B.C., uh, after a couple of, uh, of sieges there by the Babylonians, the southern kingdom has now been conquered as well. And so now all of God's people have been dispersed and, and exiled over to uh, Babylon, or some remain under the rule of the Babylonians in Jerusalem. And so God's people were a mess. God like said, I've been warning you for years and years. And they, would, they had gotten so far off that they would, have, uh, they would follow what the other nations would do. And they would have these, 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 these set up where they would have male shrine prostitutes. They got so bad that they followed what some of the other nations were doing in which they literally would sacrifice their kids by killing their kids in order to worship and honor this idol. They have veered from following God. Would you agree? And so they're so far gone. And so God again allowed, he said, look, I, I'm, I'm going to call for, 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 I'm allowed the nation to conquer you. But then by the time we get to Ezekiel here, Ezekiel is in the land, of, uh, he's in Babylon. And, and God now has a message of restoration. Hey, my people, you have been a mess. There's some that have remained faithful, but as a whole, it is awful. It is wicked. However, 
You're my chosen people. And I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you out of captivity. And so this is here in Ezekiel chapter 37. It's about 10 years now which Ezekiel and the other exiles have been in Babylon. And so now imagine that you've been taken from your homeland. You're, uh, you're now servants here to, to the Babylon Empire. And it's been 10 years. Where is your faith at this point? Very low, wouldn't it? You're discouraged. Can anything get better? Is this ever going to change? God has completely removed himself from us. We can't expect a blessing from him. And so we see here in Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going to see that God can still work in our lives. And so we take it up here in chapter 37 in verse 1. He had just finished in chapter 36 saying, hey, I'm going to give my people a new heart, a new flesh, uh, and a new spirit to be able to follow me. But he gives this vision to Ezekiel in chapter 37. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. So here's this visionary experience that God has Ezekiel go through. And he says he's walking in this valley and there's a bunch of dead bones. Imagine that vision. You're walking and all you see are a bunch of human dead bones. Is that an encouraging situation? And so you go and you're walking around. He says he walked back and forth, and it says the bones weren't just dry. They were very dry. He's like, uh, you need to understand, guys. Is that, uh, what I was seeing, it was dry. It was a hopeless situation. It was despair. It was discouraging. Let me ask you this. You ever felt like you've been in a dry land? You ever felt like you've been in a valley of dry bones? You ever felt like your situation was a valley of dry bones? Or better yet, have you ever felt like you were dry bones spiritually or emotionally? Some of us were dry bones right now. Still feeling the effects of the pandemic. Maybe some hard times have cut down on our spiritual fervor for Christ. Some things out of our control and they have us discouraged. Maybe it's been like this where it's been 10 years where we prayed and prayed, but God keeps saying either no or not yet. And therefore, we start to lose some hope. Or some of us, maybe we are suffering the consequences of our sin, our choices. And now we're reaping the ugly fruits of that. And so there's a disconnection from God or maybe we've made choices to be disconnected from his people. We've all been dry bones at one point, haven't we? Let's continue reading. In verse 3, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Now, in your humanistic view, what's the obvious answer? Of course not, God. You see these dead, dry bones. In fact, they're not just dry, they're very dry. How in the world? I've never even seen this. Is, this is a crazy concept to even ask. Why would you ask me this? Now, if God asked you this, what would you say? Uh, how do I get the right answer? And Ezekiel says, uh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. That was very smart, wasn't it? Candy's by, well, if I say yes, that might mean this. If I say no, I don't know if that sounds good. You alone know, God. 
And so we continue in verse 4. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Let's stop right there. What is God doing? He's promising the incredible. Hey, this situation is bleak, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it incredible. I'm going to make it awesome. I'm going to bring to life these dead bones. But here's the challenge. Here's the challenge for many of us today. Is that we are familiar, at least with concepts, some of us are very familiar with passages that talk about God's ability to change a situation. So we're familiar with it, and we might know it, and somebody might share it, we might read it, but yet we don't fully believe it. You get what I'm saying? And so we might know the Romans 8:28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who believe him and, 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 and love him, be called according to his purpose, but we don't fully believe it, and we're saying, help me believe. And so we can be in situations, and maybe that's some of us right now, in which we're unsure if God can or that God is willing to do the incredible in our lives. We aren't sure that God can change us, our situations, our relationships. We're not sure he can still work in the people's lives that we hold dear, that we love, and that we want to see change. We, we, we can be uncertain that he can work in our family groups. We can be uncertain. Can he work still in our church? I remember the glory days, and I don't see the same glory days. And then we can, some of us here, again, we can believe that he could work, but not so much in our lives anymore. I used to believe I could change. I used to believe it, but now after all these years and I'm still struggling with this, I, I don't know if I fully believe he can work in my life anymore. And some of us, we can think, you know what, man, I've messed up so much after I became a Christian that I don't think that he wants to work with me. And we can feel shame and we can feel guilt and feel like, well, I guess this is just my lot in life. And then some of us may be in here, we're actually, we've made a choice that we don't think we actually can follow Jesus because we feel like our past has been so crazy that there's no way he can do and redeem us. You know, somebody, I remember my, my auntie said this one time, I was writing out to church, she's like, oh, we can't go to church because if we go in, that place will start burning. I was like, you crazy. Unless you bring in matches, it ain't gonna burn. And if you do, I don't know you anymore. You know what I'm saying? I can't snitch on you if you do that. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm veering. But again, logically, it doesn't make sense what God is saying he will do. In our humanistic view, it doesn't make sense that he can change this situation. It looks so impossible and so bleak. God, you know who I am, so I don't know if you want to. I don't know if I'm good enough or if I've earned enough of your favor for you to still work in my life. Well, let's see how the story unfolds. So Ezekiel said, you know what, God? I think you're crazy. I'm out of here. I'm going to quit. Oh, is that not what it said? 
Okay, I just want to make sure you're paying attention. Okay, all right. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. That's interesting. He told me to do something. This sounds, I don't know if this can actually happen, but I'm still going to follow what you said. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together. Bone to bone, I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath, from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, breath entered them, they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Wow. Imagine this valley of dry bones. Now you're hearing this noise, you're like, this is crazy. This is crazier than, than the walking dead. And you see these bones coming back together, and now there's skin, now there's flesh, now there's life, there's meat, and you're like, whoa, it's not a valley of dead bones, it's a vast army. What he said is coming true. Now, I don't know if you caught this, but he said something interesting. He says, at first the bones came on and the meat came on, but then he says this, he says, but there was no breath in them. Did you catch that? That's interesting, isn't it? You know, this word breath in Hebrew can be translated as breath, as wind, or spirit. So there's a little play on the words here in which we have from Ezekiel here. He says, but there was no breath in them. Now, that's interesting. And my, 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 one of my good friends, Mike Mee, pointed this out. It says, the people were formed, but they weren't filled. The people were formed, but they weren't filled. I wonder how many of us are formed but not filled today. says they need the breath of life. Once the breath entered them, the spirit entered them, they came to life. When God is in us, then we truly have life. But if God's absence is in our lives, then the result, spiritual lifelessness. You see, until you breathe, you are just bones. You know, and the enemy, he'll try to take away our breath, won't he? He wants to take away and snatch away our breath, the spirit in us, so that we can just be a bunch of dry bones, not fulfilling God's will in our lives. And so he's always on the attack. But this is why we are reminded we need God, we need his word, and we need his spirit in our lives so that we can breathe and live again. We continue reading in verse 11. He says, then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. So he's explaining this whole experience in which I, I, I'm having you uh, uh, look at and go through. Here's the reason. Here's the point from all of this. Here's what it represents. These are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Where's their faith? It's little to zero, isn't it? They're saying, help me believe that God can still work. He says, therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. You see, this visionary experience was to give hope to a hopeless situation. God's chosen people, they were exiled. 
under the control of Babylon. But this lifeless and dead nation of Israel would one day be revived and returned to their own land. And guess what, brothers and sisters? It happens. And so this message was clear. It was giving hope to Ezekiel and all those who would believe the message. And so imagine if you believed Ezekiel's message. What has that done to your lifeless, dead faith? Resurrected. Now you have hope. Now you are approaching the day differently. Now you look at the future in a different light. Because you're convinced that God is going to work in your life and in those around you for those who believe. And so that hope for God's people then is also hope for us today. The power of God can change even the most hopeless of lives and situations. God can take a situation that is without human hope and through his word and his spirit fill it with life, purpose, and hope. He did it with the nation of Israel, and he has continued to this day to do the same. Many of us can testify, but right now I want to call up Eddie Frost, and he's going to share how God resurrected his faith so he could believe that he could work in his life again. Eddie Frost. Good morning. All right. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to uh, share. This is when I first heard this scripture. This really hurt, hit my heart. Like I was in, like God is speaking to me. You know, because absolutely I was, you know, uh, dead, and and God like worked to bring me alive again. But um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Just got right into it again. My name is Eddie Frost. I live in uh, Santa Ana. I'm in the Santa Ana Orange family group, and I'm an escrow officer, first American title. So uh, I used to be, <laughs> like, basically, I don't know, homeless, and God turned my whole life around. That's why I love this scripture. Uh, but I want to, uh, uh, yeah, you can tell I'm a little nervous. So, <laughs> but um, it's, I've been 24 years since I've been a Christian. So November... Uh, Second, 1997, I think Craig Halverson remembers me from back there, right? So um, it's been awesome, you know. Um, and what happened was basically I, I had moved from Seattle to come down here. Um, I had to leave you know, that life behind. And um, I was just, I was on the wrong bus, and someone invited me to a campus ministry devotional. So I said, sure, I need to be, you know, I, I need to find some more friends. And um, then I started studying the Bible, and I saw that, you know, really, there's that one where it talks about God sets the times and places that we can perhaps find him. And I was totally encouraged, like, God set this up. So I have to, you know, go all into this and see how, you know, life is, my life can change because God is calling me to something unique and better. And, um, you know, it was great. You know, I think when I first responded in the life that I was, I, it just turned my whole life around. And um, I love that scripture about, I was very grateful for the, the, the person who was willing to share with me. 
And so I was eager and urgent, and I, I got this thing about 20 years ago. It's kind of a cool little, this little coin, you know, this little medallion. It's for doing the right thing. <laughs> and it's so funny, like, the, for doing the right thing, a, a limited edition medallion for, for leadership. And that's kind of what I, you know, what I was in my life. I, I was really grateful. And, and, and to think about this, if this thing was made of gold, and you lost it somewhere in your house, you'd be like, ah, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me. But, you know, Luke 15 talks about how God searches for us at any, you know, at any level of effort with, you know, to go all out and move the furniture and sweep up till he, he finds that lost thing. And so I, I had that attitude, um, you know, at the beginning, and, you know, I began to, after getting married and um, having a couple kids, and I started to let the, the weeds and worry of this life choke out the word. And, um, you know, things were going very well, it, it seemed. But, uh, you know, there was a big financial crisis about, you know, 14 years ago. And things started getting really bad for, for us It was terrifying, you know. Uh, did not want to go back to where I was, but I couldn't really see a, a, a future forward, and I had really stopped being close to God. And I remember um, Kenny had asked me, because I had uh, gone through the chemical recovery program before, and he asked me, if hey, we're doing another you know, group, if you want to come and be a part of it. And I'm like, oh, you know, Thanks, bro. I'm very busy, though. I can't really be a part of it, and I'm sorry. But the, the truth was I was just drinking myself to sleep every night because I was so stressed out. And um, I didn't want to be a hypocrite, you know. Um, but that led to... Uh, I was just trapped, you know, and embarrassed. And it just led to many other sins that, um, you know, my wife asked me to move out. And I completely lost hope, you know. Um, and um, God sent disciples to come and find me again. I love it. And um, they prayed for me. I, you know, I asked for prayers, and they, I felt it. Like it was like that, you know, prophesy to these dead, dry bones, live, you know. I felt the power of the prayers of others who loved me and loved God, and they believed in God can change anybody. And they gave me that, that faith, like God can do something. And as a result, I really dug into my Bible again. I really started, you know, trying to get my faith back. And um, as a result, I felt this, uh, these scriptures, um, the one in Zephaniah, I don't know, a whole lot of people don't read Zephaniah, but I found these cool, I mean, some of it was to convict me, and it kind of like ties into what Marcel was saying in Ezekiel 1, or Zephaniah 1.4. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets prophesied, this is what the Lord Almighty said, turn from your evil ways and your evil practices, but they would not listen or pay attention to me. And that is 
you know, where I was. I just didn't listen or pay attention to all the warnings. And I got what, you know, the fruit of my actions. And, and I found this other scripture in Zephaniah 10, 4. It says, from Judah will come the cornerstone, from him the tent peg, from him the battle bow, and from him every ruler. Together they will be like warriors in battle, triumphing, trampling their enemy into the mud of the street. And that visual gave me a, a, uh, encouragement that God, Jesus could be with me, you know, to an, an overcome the situation. And, you know, and it goes on to say, they will fight because the Lord is with them and they will put the enemy horsemen to shame. And, you know, the other visual of, like, if you're a foot soldier going against a mounted horseman, the, it's like an insurmountable task. Like, you can't win. The odds are really against you. But because the Lord is with me, I overcame. And I didn't give up. And I believed in the love, you know. And I was encouraged again, you know. So, as a result, you know, things really changed for my relationship with my wife and, and my kids. And she let me move back into the house. And, um, you know, you know, this really, I mean, and, and the truth is, I mean, I didn't know that that was going to happen. It was just, I wanted to change for myself because I love God again, and I wanted to honor God with my life. And, and you know, I guess she saw the change in me that, you know, that yet God had been producing. It wasn't about my own effort. And... So, um, now it just continues to happen, you know, I'm not perfect, as my wife can attest, and my kids can attest, but it's a constant, you know, renewal of God's spirit, and, um, you know, I just, if, if there's something that I've shared that can encourage anybody else out there that is going through this, you know, this situation where you're feeling it, you know, I'll please allow my life to be an example to you to believe that God can work in your life and ask for prayers, get more dedicated to God's word because it will speak to you and revive your heart and spirit and, and love once again to go and, and stop, you know, and if there's any way in which you are, have stopped laying down your own life to repent of all that and to come back to God in a, in a, a deeper way that you will be renewed. So, uh, thank you for letting me share. Amen, amen. Thank you, Eddie, so much for, uh, for sharing there. And we can see a living example that God can still work in our lives. And he mentioned several things. He said, man, I needed people in my life. There's no lone ranger who can survive this spiritual battle and do it on their own. And he also talked about how we need God's word and the spirit of God. If that's what is needed for us to go ahead and to live again for the life and the breath of God to be in our lives, for us not to be dry bones, but to be the beings that he created us to be. We need each other. We need God's word and we need the spirit. We need to be filled up with God's word. The scriptures say that the word is powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul 
the Spirit joint and marrow, the Word of God. But when it's outside of our lives, then it can't have the impact on us. And so we desperately need to not only read, reflect, memorize scripture, but to trust and therefore follow it. What does Ezekiel do? Hey, uh, Lord, you, will know, you alone know, but then he did what he was commanded. And so we can't just receive the word. We need to receive it. We need to, 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 to let it mull over. We need to transform us, but then we need to put it into practice. And we need God's spirit to fill us and to guide us to his will. We can only do this when we're praying. God, move in my heart. Move. And those of us who have repented and been baptized, we've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. But the scriptures say we need to keep in step with the spirit. And we need to make sure that we still are asking like Jesus said, ask and he will give us the spirit in full measure. And so we need to be praying and dealing with the sin in our lives. And if you're visiting here with us today, I want to encourage you to study God's word, to sit here to, to, today, to set up a time. Let's get into God's word. Help me understand how he can work in my life moving forward. You know, our God is a God of resurrections bringing life from the dead. He resurrected Jesus from the dead. And through his spirit, he's still resurrecting those who believe that he can work in their lives. You know, God gave a vision to Ezekiel that he will make the dry bones live again. So can the dry bones in this room, can they live again? I said again, can the dry bones in this room live again? Well, if that's true, then God can still work in your faith. God can still work with your purity. God can still work despite your depression. God can still work in your marriage. God can still work in your parents. God can still work in your kids. God can still work despite your past. God can still work in your finances. God can still work at your school. God can still work at your job. God can still work in your relationships. God can still help you to help someone else get saved. God can still work to bring hope to that situation where there was little to zero hope. If God could breathe life into bones, he can breathe life into your faith. If God can redeem the sinful nation of Israel, then he can redeem us from our sin. If God can raise the dry bones in Jerusalem, he can raise the dry bones in Orange County and have them live again. If God can have a vision for his people, then he has a vision for our church today. Will you believe again? God is calling us to believe again and to take that step of faith and he will start to pull together. The dry bones and the meat will come, the flesh, the skin, but then his spirit will give us life. And that we will rise again. Let's close out in Ezekiel 37, verse 11. Church, are you still with me here? Here's the message to every single one of us collectively and individually. Because this was a message to the whole nation. And it's a message to the whole church. And it's a message to us individually. He said to me, son of man, O.C. Church, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, or we might say, or said in the past, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O.C. Church, brother and sister, I am going to open your graves and pick you up from them. 
I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, my church in 2022, you will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you into your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. May we believe that God can still work in our lives. Amen.